Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I am a Georgia Tech grad and a, a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He is a Virginia Tech grad and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, are you prepared to sit here and support me while I go through my own little pity party for the next 10, 15 minutes? As much as I can. All right, that's good. We're recapping Georgia Tech's 2017 season, and it was a uh, it was a doozy, Mike. Um so we'll talk about preseason predictions. You and I both had him at eight and four. We also, in our preseason podcast, had Sean Bedford on the program. He did not make a pick. He uh, invoked what he referred to as the Herb Street privilege. Uh, he, of course, is Georgia Tech's color uh, commentator on the radio broadcast, so he kind of had to abstain from that one. But, Mike, we had him at eight and four. They finished five and six. Uh, a game got canceled against UCF due to a hurricane. There was some weirdness there, but I'll tell you right now, they probably would have lost that game anyway, so I'm not too worried about that. Uh, what I am worried about is that this season really could have been something special and found a way to just be a total uh, a total dud, I think, for lack of a better term. Yeah, uh, I agree. So you go down to wire against a Tennessee team that wasn't really all that good in the opener, um, go to double overtime, lose that game on a failed two-point conversion. You lose a one-point game to Miami off of a, you know, a deep pass play given up there late. Um it was kind of a circus catch. You lose that game. You give 40 points to Virginia on the road in Charlottesville, lose that 40 to 36, didn't even show up against uh, Georgia, lose that game 38 to seven against obviously a team that went to a national championship. So no harm, no foul there, but you lost 43, 20 on the road to Duke. Yeah. I mean, every loss can be looked at really on this schedule with the exception of Clemson. And you could say, man, those were games that, I thought they would be a little bit more competitive and they just weren't. I mean, even the Georgia game at the end of the year, I was surprised that they came out as flat as they did and really just didn't have any sort of defense for Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. I thought the defense would play a little bit better, but that ended up being the straw that broke the camel's back for Ted Roof as defensive coordinator. And I think if there was one common thread throughout the course of the entire season, it was that the play of the defense was inconsistent at best and just flat out bad at worst, no matter how you characterize it. So Georgia Tech is hoping that they take some steps forward on defense heading into next season, because if they don't, they're going to have similar struggles again, especially in close games. With the offense that they run, um, the defense has to play well. If the defense doesn't play well and you get into a shootout, it really becomes hard for Georgia Tech to be a competitive team in the ACC. Yeah, I mean, this game, this season, I think is just defined by the word frustrating um, for Georgia Tech fans. Like, that's that's all I got. I mean, this was irritating on, on every level. Um, the stat that I think maybe defines this is that uh, Georgia Tech played against two playoff teams this year. You know, they had losses to Clemson and Georgia, as we're referencing. They had four other losses in each of them. Each of those four losses, they had a multi-score lead at some point in the game. Um, to me, that is a, a perfect definition of where your problem was. It was on the defense. Uh, the defense could not hold on to leads. 
I don't think that was a talent thing. I think that was a, uh, I think that was a play calling and a scheme thing. I think that the defense was not put in a position to succeed for most of the year. And it's ultimately cost Ted Roof his job. We'll get there here in just a minute. But uh, again, this is a very frustrating season for Georgia Tech and for fans to have to live through. Uh, Mike, before we delve any more into the misery, let's talk about the best win of the year. I think it's pretty obvious which one that was. It came at the hands of your Hokies, yeah. uh, a 28-22 win at home uh, in November where Georgia Tech actually managed to hold on to a lead at, you know, for once. Uh, that, that game got very close there towards the end. They held off the Hokies uh, on, on a couple of uh, third and fourth and short plays with you know some weird play calling in there. But uh, ultimately, to pull out a win against a ranked team, I mean, it felt good. And it, and it felt like it it kind of displayed the potential that this team had, that they could have won games in that fashion. Yeah, that's definitely their best win. Um, it was, I, I won't say it was one of Virginia Tech's worst losses from like a you know, who they were playing opponent perspective. But I thought it was one of their worst losses, just given the fact that they didn't play well really over the course of the entire game. And, you know, you let a good team like Georgia Tech. And I characterize Georgia Tech as a good team because even though they did go five and six, I thought there were a lot of opportunities, like you mentioned, for them to be a lot better. You know, you'd like good teams to hang around and they'll come back and beat you. And this was one of Virginia Tech's worst losses of the season in that regard. So, yeah, great win for Georgia Tech there. And I think that's the one that obviously sticks out to me. Another one that stuck out to me was the 38-24 to win over Wake Forest. You saw the evolution of the Wake Forest offense over the course of the season and to hold them to 24 points. As bad as the defense was all year long, I think that was a really solid performance by that unit. So you do have something in there to hang your hat on from a defensive perspective if you're Georgia Tech. Yeah, I thought that there was a lot. Uh, that, that was a pretty solid win to hang their hat on as well, the, the Wake Forest win. Um, Mike, let's talk about most you know, the, the, the toughest loss. And at the risk of sounding uh, a little bit biased as a Georgia Tech fan, I, I thought that of the six losses, there was only one that wasn't, you know, particularly tough. I thought the loss, you know, to Clemson, a two-touchdown loss and a game played in a hurricane. I mean, neither team really got a whole lot of anything going most of the game. Kind of just a defensive struggle and just a sloppy, sloppy game in, in heavy downpour rain. So that, that was fine. The rest of them, though, I mean, you mentioned it. You know, Tennessee you had a two-touchdown lead, lost it in double overtime on a failed two-point play that if you just execute it right, you might you might win that game outright. Uh, Miami, a circus catch towards the end. You know, they hit a field goal as time's expiring, and they win that game. Virginia, you give up a whole bunch of points in the second half against a, a decidedly average at best offense. Uh, and I thought, Mike, that it was very clear to me that this team quit I think in the, in, you know, towards the end of the season. And I think you saw it specifically. I think there's a Simpsons reference somewhere in there. You could watch this team quit specifically at halftime of the Duke game. Um, They had a Duke had a drive, you know, in the last two minutes of the half, they scored a touchdown on. I think a lot of the players just kind of threw their hands up and said, screw this. I'm done with this. This is a, this is a waste. You know, this is, uh, this is enough. And they, they quit from there. They did not score again in the Duke game. Meanwhile, Duke scores 23 in the second half and blows out Georgia Tech. Following weekends, Georgia, they gave a really half-assed effort for like a quarter and a half and then just got blown out in the second half. This team quit, and and I kind of get it. You know, they were frustrated with the coaches, but all of these losses were were varying flavors of, of tough and disappointing. I don't know that it's any one that you could really just pick out and say like, man, that's that's the one that got away because they all, they all kind of got away for the most part. I think – you phrased that exactly, uh, it honestly, a lot better than I would have, especially the part where you said, hey, Georgia Tech really quit 
like the second half of the Duke game, and then they didn't really show up the rest of the year. Um, the half-assed effort against Georgia, I think, was really evident. So I'll kind of leave that where it is. I'm right there behind you on that. Yep. And, and Mike, that leads us into uh, coaching changes. There's a big one being made at Georgia Tech as Ted Roof is out at def- as defensive coordinator. He's heading to NC State, I think, to fill in like an assistant DC, assistant head coach, positional coach kind of role. I don't totally know what that is. Uh, I think that's kind of a product of adding a 10th assistant for the Wolfpack. In his place comes Nate Woody, the former defensive coordinator for the last five years at Appalachian State. Uh, He is going to transform the 4-3 Ted Roof defense into a more of a 3-4 scheme for Georgia Tech. Uh, The Yellow Jackets ran a 3-4 under Al Groh prior to Ted Roof coming in, but uh, these are a bit of a different 3-4 scheme. It should be a lot more flexible with the personnel. Uh, it's going to be a more aggressive scheme, which will create some negative plays, create some three and outs, create some turnovers. It's also going to result in some big plays over the top and uh, really just in general. So there, there might be some growing pains that come with this defense, and it's not all going to be pretty and perfect. But I do think this is a good hire. And, and realistically, when you kind of know the inner workings of the program, this is this is the first hire that Johnson's be able to make as a defensive coordinator that was his pick you know, within a, a reasonable budget. Uh, everything else has been kind of pushed on him or a, a factor of the the budget that was allotted to him. Uh, Mike, just knowing what you know about Appalachian State over the last several years, are you uh, are you good with this hire as a defensive coordinator? I think I am. Uh, you know, a change needed to be made first and foremost. And, you know, I, I mentioned this on social media and I, you know, from virtue of this podcast, I do have a, a good amount of Georgia Tech fans following me, Joey. And not everybody agreed with me, but you know what I kind of put out there was some sort of change needs to be made. So, you know, Paul Johnson was obviously averse to, you know, changing up his coaching staff and changing assistants. But what I mentioned on social media, specifically after the 38 to 7 loss against Georgia, I mentioned that Sunday that a change needed to be made on defense. And if Paul Johnson decided to keep Ted Roof heading into next season, then there were going to be major issues if they had another losing season or another like six and six, seven and five campaign. Um, Then in my opinion, Paul Johnson is the problem, um, not Ted roof. And I mean, I'm good with this hire just because it'll be different. It'll be a new voice. It'll be somebody that, you know, look, Appalachian state has been a competitive program for quite some time. They make the move to the FBS obviously, and they've been decent. I, I just I'm interested to see how this plays out. Their defense has been good enough. They have a competitive team, a good roster there at Appalachian State. I think he'll obviously what he will be working with better, uh, better players at Georgia Tech. But whether or not it pans out, and it's a hire that all of the Georgia Tech fans want it to be. I think kind of remains to be seen. But I think the reason why Georgia Tech fans are so excited about this hire is because it's not going to be Ted Roof again. And I think that that does make a difference, even with the players who might have been tuning him out towards the end of the year, where it really did seem like they quit, especially on the defensive side of the ball, where they didn't really give much of an effort in the second half. You, I think you mentioned they were outscored by 24 points in the second half against Duke, and then they give up 38 the following week against Georgia and really just didn't show up. So hopefully it's a step in the right direction on defense. Now they have a new voice in there. Might take a little bit of time to get his feet under him, but... I think it's a good hire for Georgia Tech just because it's somebody new, and I think it was a change that absolutely had to be made. I'll tell you, it's it's not a lack of talent on defense. I, I think that they've recruited perfectly fine on defense. I just and I think that the execution is decent. It's just that they were playing in a very uh, a scheme that just didn't really match what the overall team philosophy wanted to do. And 
was just not trusting. It just, it just doesn't fit well with what today's college football game is and how that all runs. So uh, I, I think that that gets changed here under Nate Woody. I think it was a good hire, and, uh, you know, we'll have to see how it turns out. Mike, looking at 2018, uh, is this better or worse? First of all, I'd say it's better just because if the defense is any better, any improved, I mean, it. you figure the team is going to be better. Tech does not lose much in the way of starters going into next year. Uh, they lose J.J. Green on offense. They lose Ricky June uh, in the receiving game. But for the most part, I mean, I think they bring back four offensive linemen. They, they bring back plenty. Defensively, they, they lose basically all of their secondary. Um, they had a lot of seniors on this defensive side of the ball. Um, it, it's going to be tough to replace. Um, they've got some good young talent, but guys that just haven't seen the field as much. Um, we'll see how that they're able to adapt and adjust to a new scheme coming in. But I think that's the, the two biggest risks to this team moving forward, Mike, are A, just defensive experience in going into a scheme change, A, and B, to Quan Marshall's ability to throw the ball down the field. Um, those were the two kind of Achilles heels of this team were the, the offense's downfield passing ability and the, the, the defense overall. And so if, if you fix one of those things, I think this is a better team. If you fix them both, this could be a pretty dangerous team moving forward. And, and I, I like where they stand, you know, assuming that the, the new defensive scheme is going to work out here. Yeah, um, I agree with everything you just said. And then looking at the schedule, Alcorn State, they got South Florida on the road, home against Bowling Green and at Georgia. Those are four out-of-conference games. Georgia's going to be really, really good again next year. So I'll chalk that up as a loss. I think you win the other three games, so you're sitting at 3-1 and one and you're out-of-conference schedule. I think that's perfectly um, – that that's something that's you know perfectly within the realm of possibility. Home games against Duke, Miami, Virginia, and Clemson. You know, the Duke game you should win, Virginia game you should win. Um, and then Miami's going to be really good next year. Clemson's going to be really good again. So maybe chalk those up as losses. But then again, Miami was really good this year, and Georgia Tech had them down to the wire. So who really knows? North Carolina, Pitt, Virginia Tech, and Louisville on the road. Um, you know, North Carolina, they are what they are. Uh, you know, they'll be an improved team next year, but just how improved we'll have to see. Georgia Tech's got a better roster as it stands right now. I think Georgia Tech's got a better team than Pittsburgh. Georgia Tech's got about the same team as Virginia Tech has, but you got to go on the road to Blacksburg. It's a tough place to play. And then on the road to Louisville, you know, Louisville's going to be rebuilding. It's not going to be Lamar Jackson, a quarterback anymore. So in my mind, that means it'll be an easier game to win. But Louisville going on the road there, that's also a tough place to play. But looking at the schedule, I mean, it's not it's not a schedule that I look at and see it to be like impossible. Georgia tech wins eight or nine games next year. I think that's perfectly, that's perfectly feasible given the fact that they are returning a ton of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Quan Marshall will be another year in the system, another year as a starting quarterback. He's got that experience there. Um, they got a lot of talent returning on offense defensively. Yes. Returning secondary is a concern, but you can return in back fill with some of the younger guys that have been maybe rotating in and, you do have a new defensive coordinator, which brings some promise. So uh, it definitely will get better for Georgia Tech by schedule alone. You're not playing an opener against Tennessee. Um, say what you will about Tennessee, but playing against Alcorn State, the opener is a lot easier. You win that game. That helps. Um, that helps develop confidence with your football team. So it'll be really interesting to see where Georgia Tech goes from here next season. But I think they're definitely in line to return to a bowl game next year. 
assuming you know everything goes according to plan it, it very rarely does but assuming they at least stay healthy I think this is an easily a six win team and I think this is a team that should push for eight or nine wins next year and be extremely competitive in the coastal division yeah I think one of the key things here is you look at the out of conference schedule Alcorn State at USF and Bowling Green USF has been very competitive very tough the last couple of years they're going to take a step back next year they they lose a little bit on offense and the thing that's really made them so dangerous that's that's very much a winnable game. I'll be very disappointed if Georgia Tech does not go at least three and one out of conference next year. Uh, not to mention that they've won two in a row at Sanford Stadium, and Georgia loses a ton off of this team. I think they have like thirty seniors or something that are leaving. So um, this is a workable schedule for Georgia Tech so far. I mean, we haven't seen where they, you know, when they will play Louisville, when they'll play Clemson, things like that. But um, I, I'm with you. I mean, there, there's not a whole lot that ha- that is separating the team as we saw it this year from a eight, nine, maybe 10 win team that could push and win the, the coastal division. Um, so we'll, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Uh, overall, I think it's agreed. I think we would agree that you should see something better from Georgia tech in 2018. Mike, anything else on my yellow jackets before we get out of here? No, nah, I think we're good, Joey. I think so. Pretty good recap. Uh, Mike, we're going to come back and recap some other teams. In the meantime, they can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel ACC, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can send us an email to the longest email address, no demand, basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Yeah, that was smooth. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, on Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, and wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. And Mike, where else can they find us on the social medias? Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Hell yeah. And also, Mike, they can find us on YouTube. Uh, just go search basketball conference on YouTube. We don't have a special URL or anything, but we do have a channel. We're going to start trying to maybe record some of these podcasts on there. So you get the video format and you can kind of see what we look like and what rooms we're sitting in and all that good stuff. But uh, Mike, this has been fun. You want to come back and recap some more teams? Absolutely, buddy. Let's do it. Until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.